0: The voice of Reichman University.
1: Hello and welcome to Kolha Saftot. I'm Sabrina Zalouf or Sabrina Shantz, your host. And here with me today, my guest is Mana Binun, who has uh, kindly come to the studio. Um, from her home in Herzliya. So thank you for joining us today.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: <laughs> and I was telling you that this show, Kola Saftot, is really about bringing the voice of grandmothers to the forefront because I think we both agreed on this, that grandmothers, um, as a as a collective group of people, have so much to share, whether it's their wisdom, uh, experience that, experiences that they've gone through in life, um, whether it's hardships, fun times, their sense of humor, their cooking, their recipes, these are all things that I think my generation uh, has a lot to learn from, and that's kind of why I wanted you to come in today. Um, Thank you. <laughs> and we'll also say Chanukah <laughs> Sameach, because it's uh, we just lit the, the fourth night uh, was last night, um, and we pray that this Chag this of Chanukah will bring a lot of miracles, um, and that all the hostages will be returned safely, and that and that all of our soldiers will be um, as safe as possible. So, Mana, thank you for coming uh, to the show today. I wanna start by asking you about your first food memory. What's the, maybe your earliest or maybe your most prominent memory as a child of food that was prepared for you or something that you love to eat?
0: well, I loved eating lemon meringue. Wow. <laughs> and my mom made it for special occasions and uh, it was my very best. We didn't uh we didn't get it as a regular treat. And um for the rest we ate huge meals. <laughs> healthy, <laughs> meaty. <laughs> and um
1: Wait, lemon meringue, is that is it's like a layer of meringue and then a lemony sauce on top?
0: Yeah, it's a a base, a Mm -hmm. dough base, filled with a lemon pie filling, Mm -hmm. which was at that stage condensed milk and lemon lemon and and then eggs beaten on top Mm -hmm. and put under the grill and it becomes brown and puffy. It's delicious. And then just
1: (laughs) on top of that meringue?
0: That's the meringue, actually. It's a light meringue. Wow. And uh, very, very good. (laughs) Do you make it today? (laughs) And I could, but I don't. (laughs) I think the bakeries have great (laughs) food for the moment. But I did, and I used to bake a lot. And... um,
1: and you said the rest of the time you would have big, meaty meals. So you grew yes. up in South Africa. Grew
0: up in South Africa. Whereabouts? Bre- breakfast was a three-course meal. <gasps> lunch and dinner. They were all three courses. Like, what, what, what's and breakfast? And we all remained thin, nothing wrong. Yet. How? <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. Maybe it was eating healthy in, in a way. Because it wasn't filled with kaba. It was. There was toast always and bread.
1: So what was breakfast?
0: So breakfast each day was different, starting with fruit and then porridge, which was different ones mm-hmm. each day. Not cereal. Cooked porridge. Mm-hmm. And then uh, either fish and an egg or a chop and an egg.
1: What's or a chop?
0: A chop. A chop is a lamb cutlet. Oh.
1: For Breakfast,
0: yes, wow, or uh, something that looks like uh, we called it Burravos, but it's a um, it's like a minced sausage, wow, an egg or scrambled egg, a lot of food. Okay, that,
1: l- that lasts you till lunchtime, you probably don't No, snack.
0: We took sandwiches to school, the maid prepared them, and um, we ate the sandwiches. I was always hungry, but terribly thin. And I'm still always hungry, <laughs> but not terribly thin. <laughs> you look great. And, um, yeah, we were never deprived of food or cakes or sweets. and uh, But we also never took advantage. Mm, we too. knew the limit without being told. And uh, we kept to that.
1: So you'd say that you, like, maybe having... A lot of food that was prepared for you daily and everything it helped you develop a, a normal relationship with food. You didn't yes, feel. there
0: was never there was no scale in the house. Nobody mm. ever weighed themselves. Nobody was ever fat.
1: So interesting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and tell us a little bit a little bit about where you grew up. Um, you know, if, what community life was like. What your parents were like. Your siblings.
0: So we grew up in Pretoria, which is the capital city of Jah- of South Africa alongside Johannesburg which is more known. And um we lived in a a house in a l like a street with jacarandas on either side.
1: Is that a type of tree?
0: Yes. They are in Israel, the jacarandas, with a purple flower. Absolutely beautiful. Mm. So we lived in this pretty surrounding. And uh my parents were born in a small country town, very conservative town. As I said, the Afrikaans people are conservative, moral, um and very, very respectful. Mm. They don't uh, they don't swear you never saw a, a a magazine that wasn't appropriate, mm. sort of like the Haredim today. That's so interesting. Yes, yes. And that's what we knew was the norm. It was nothing special. And uh, that's how we grew up. I think we were very lucky.
1: And and how, how did you meet your husband? <laughs>
0: um, one... Saturday afternoon I was at a friend and we decided to walk to a place where you could buy ice cream in the hope of meeting somebody on the (laughs) the way or it was a drive in you parked but we walked Mm -hmm. and uh, he saw me from a distance and hooted and so on I thought he was someone else. And uh, he asked someone where he could meet me, could mm. he phone, and so on. And that's how we met. Wow. And I was 16. He was 19. Wow. And uh, yes.
1: So, um, at what age did you get married?
0: 19.
1: Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so you, but you knew him well by then?
0: Yes, we'd been going out for four years. And, and your
1: families got along well?
0: Uh, for a time, they did. Yes.
1: Mm. I think, like, you know, having in laws and it, it's, it's, complicated. it's complicated. It
0: depends on the people, really. Yeah. They had issues, not my parents. They were very easygoing, mm-hmm. as I am too. But um, oh, these things happen. But we managed to hold it together somehow <laughs> with the challenges along the way. But um, my husband and I have always been very close and very together, and uh, I'm happy to say we've been married 72, 73 years, I think. Wow. Yeah.
1: That's no small feat.
0: No, and we still feel like we've just met.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So you were telling me, you showed me on the way here that you actually, uh, you wrote a book With marriage advice, and it was aimed at your nephew who came to you, I think, before he got married?
0: Yes. And he asked for advice, and he said, write down a few things. And he lived in South Africa, I was in Israel. So I faxed him each week a couple of suggestions. Mm. And eventually someone said, make it into a book, which I did, and it's called Magical Marriage. And I think the foundation of the marriage is the foundation of everything else that follows. So if you can achieve that, which is the most important thing in a person's life mm-hmm. when you come to think of it, that is who you'll call on when something goes wrong. You have a flat tire. Who do you call? Your yeah. husband. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um So
1: if you could give, I don't know, give us any tip, a marriage tip. A marriage
0: tip. I can give you a few. Just let me think for a second. You think. I've got so many that I'm thinking, (laughs) which would be the most important? The most important is to, in general, to be positive Mm -hmm. about everything, especially with the children. And someone once told me, in a marriage, you treat it like a child. Okay. When a child says to you, aim the ball at this, and I will hit it back to you, wherever I hit it, you say, well done.
1: So even like if, if so a child, let's say, if you if they're playing basketball and they don't manage to...
0: Yeah, to well done. What a good try. And it's the same with a husband. <laughs> Whatever he does, well done.
1: <laughs> Always encourage the good behavior. Encourage
0: him and uh, reinforce the good behavior.
1: But you know, that's it's it's interesting advice because, as let's say, for a parent to a child, it makes a lot of sense, right? You really want to reinforce the good behavior and encourage it to continue but in a marriage you kind of think it should be a bit more fair if I've you know put them to bed and woken up with them uh, at 5 a.m uh, today's his turn he should do it yeah and then you say well I did it yesterday you know that's it's not the same attitude yes. so maybe uh
0: yes but you know we are there to mold the men mm-hmm. that is part of our role <laughs> I think so, you're right so we do that but we try and do it in a way that they, they don't are know. unaware <laughs> of it. Yes.
1: You know what they say, the, the man is like the head and the woman is like the neck and the neck can turn the head any direction <laughs> she wants.
0: Yes, that's lovely. Mm-hmm. So when you want to say to him, but I got up yesterday, mm-hmm. then you'll say... Oh, I'm happy to get up, but I suppose you want to, you know, something.
1: <laughs> I'll try that
0: tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and um,
1: very, very interesting. If you think of more more tips that you want to share, feel free. In the meantime, I'll ask you about um, being a mom and, you know, raising two young kids. And h- how was that experience for you?
0: Yeah, it was very, very challenging for me. I wish it happened today when i was you know I'd know more and mm-hmm. approach it differently, but um, my son was the first born wasn't easy, and uh my daughter was she brought herself up literally mm-hmm. very well too, <laughs> and um we became kosher.
1: At uh, what? So you you were you were saying that at, at what age? How old were your kids when you when you became was, more religious?
0: They were thirteen and ten.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They came into the bathroom on the eve of Rosh Hashanah. Of it Yom Kippur. Sorry, and they said we want to be kosher. Wow! And we said, oh. Let's talk to the rabbi about it and hear more about this. Mm -hmm. How it actually all started, if I can go back, to I used to take my son for a cheeseburger. Wow. And uh, that was his outing his treat. One day I said to him, you know, Jewish religious people who keep kosher, they don't mix milk and meat. They wouldn't have a cheeseburger unbeknown to me, he never ordered a cheeseburger again.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: Every so kid. interesting.
1: You didn't have any, at that time, motive to get him away from the cheeseburger or anything. No. You just gave him the information and he no, made the decision No, we would have
0: himself. it ourselves if we wanted. We had no real strong, we, we had a strong Jewish identity in that we knew we were Jewish mm-hmm. and we dare not go out with a non-Jew. Mm-hmm. But we did mix with non-Jews. My friends, my best friend was a non-Jew. And um, anyway, then they came and asked on Yom Kippur to be kosher. And so we started slowly, slowly. We were lucky to have a rabbi to help us along. And uh, eventually, we kept Shabbat in Israel for the first time. Wow. Wow. I didn't know what it all involved. It was our first Shabbat in Israel, having just made Aliyah with very little utensils. Mm -hmm. And I invited people like we always used to.
1: (laughs) With no help.
0: (laughs) No help. And uh, as the people arrived, all the lights went out. Mm. And dishes smashed to the floor and somehow we got through that shabbat wow <laughs> after that we knew much better how to cope with it and um and we continued in that direction
1: so if we just which compare, is a blessing <laughs> i think i i definitely agree i think that if uh you know, if someone keeps Shabbat and kosher, like if, if they enjoy it and it, it does them good, uh, it brings a lot of joy. And, and I feel the same way. I want to just go back a little bit and compare what a Friday night dinner or a Shabbat lunch di- was like in South Africa versus when you moved to Israel. What was on the table in South uh, Africa?
0: We did have a Shabbat dinner. Mm-hmm. Once I was married, we did. And you asked the in-laws and the parents and they came. It was a family affair.
1: And what would there be, roast and chicken? Yes,
0: there would be roast chicken and veggies and soup and d- uh, dessert. Yes, Chopped liver? Very nice. Chopped liver, <laughs> <laughs> yes. And everything, of course, homemade.
1: And your origins, your parents, they, they came to South Africa or were they born there?
0: They were... Their parents were born in Russia and Germany, mm-hmm. and uh, they were born in the country towns. And, but they brought with them some of the traditions. My mom used to make chopped liver, but she said, first you have to roast the, the liver in a paper packet.
1: Wow, in the oven?
0: Yes, in a brown paper packet. That's how we knew to do it. What I learned afterwards, she wasn't kosher. There was no problem with that. What I learned afterwards is that they did that in those days so that the blood
1: yeah. would drip
0: through the packet and not, and that's how they cushered it. Right. But she thought that's that was, the way you the cook, way cook it. That's so yeah, interesting. Yeah. So they did bring some of those traditions. Knäidlach, um, t- uh, Kreplach. Do you know what mm, a kreplach yeah, is? Like a, it's a, a fried knedlach. Oh, wow. It's a bit flatter and fried and delicious. And uh, they brought all those traditions. There was a rabbi. The great-grandfather was a rabbi. They had Pesach in a this tiny little town. And they were the only Jewish family. And the people from the town used to stand at the window... And look through at this interesting happening. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, there so were a lot of traditions. And
1: then, mm. fast forward to the 80s, you decide to make Aliyah. Yes. Um, not knowing where, what kind of a, a jungle you were coming to. to not live really, in. no. And you moved, where did you move but to? We,
0: we moved to Ranana, mm-hmm. uh, which was then uh, not the Ranana of today in front of us was a field where there were sheep. Wow. And that was actually the center of (laughs) Ranana. It was beautiful. And um, yeah, the kids went to school. It wasn't easy, but they somehow coped as kids do. And then uh, my son went to the army, to the air force, my daughter to university mm-hmm. at, and first to. Uh, she for she Lumi. Lumi, yes, yes, and uh, yes. So everything took place and as it should. Yeah. And now, my daughter lives in Ramat Beit Shemesh with nine children.
1: Wow, kolakavod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And your son, you were saying, and lives in is, South Africa.
0: Yes, in in England. He lives he was here, had made Aliyah, everything was good until Corona struck, and then he had to go back because there was no one to carry on there and he couldn't keep flying up Mm. and down anymore. So we live in both worlds, happily. (laughs) Yes.
1: And how How is it being a grandmother versus being a mother? You said the beginning of motherhood was challenging for you.
0: Yes, it was because one of the children weren't that easy mm-hmm. and I was very young. In uh, what
1: way w- was he not easy? Like as a baby or was he challenging you as a child? And
0: Yes, everything. He still is, but he's a marvellous, <laughs> very loved child. <laughs> and... Um, too clever, you know. These clever ones—they're not that easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keep you on your feet. They don't just accept. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, but then,
1: becoming a grandmother—how was that different for you?
0: Everybody says it's the most wonderful thing. When I had my when my daughter had her first child, which was the first of all, um, he was very, very attached to me. And now I enjoy watching my daughter perform miracles, I think, (laughs) (laughs) with the nine children. She has a smile on her face from morning to night.
1: Wow. What's her
0: name? uh, Hadassah. Hadassah. In South Africa, it was Tracy. So um, she's also firm, but she doesn't take them to task on anything. And each child helps the next, hmm. and they have that responsibility in them, and I think that builds a good, um, a good child because in s- they're doing constructive, good things,
1: and they have a sense of responsibility.
0: A sense of responsibility. One fetches the other from school. They know the time to go. They don't have to be told.
1: How? How? Uh, uh, obviously only as an observer as the grandmother, how do you think your daughter achieved that that they know how to be responsible?
0: I think, for instance, um the little these two youngest ones, the one is three years old mm-hmm. and he's Down syndrome, and the next one is two. And he's very active and very alive and very. Mm-hmm. So he's already got duties for the for his older brother. Yes, he carries his bag to the gun. Wow! And he insists on it, but that'll that's already starting to build him. He's got that mm-hmm. responsibility. He feels important. He, he can has a role. Go with when he gets food, he gives first to him, and actually to everybody. They know to. Share That's and so also they feel good about it because they are in charge of this food, and they are giving everybody mm-hmm. and uh, and themselves lost, but they're still getting yeah, yeah. so it's a very good uh, policy, and each child listens to the one who's older straight away they listen the same way they listen to my daughter, she doesn't have to repeat. Anything, mm-hmm. as she says it, it's done. Wow! So we're lucky with that.
1: She should probably write a book about how to raise uh, children. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maybe when they grow up, to laugh eventually. a lot,
0: <laughs> <laughs> to dance down the corridor wow. <laughs> when they're crying, and um, to keep a positive attitude and a peaceful home, mm-hmm. because anger causes chaos. In Hebrew, it's Mm ka'as, anger, and that is chaos. Yeah,
1: ka'as and chaos. So
0: you don't want to utter an angry word because of the repercussions it's going to have. So what do you do if you feel angry as a parent? Um, Well, you're trying to preempt not feeling (laughs) angry. If you see the child is going towards another child to hit them, Mm. you say, oh, that's marvelous. You're going to hug your brother. And you kind of walk with them and say, huggy, huggy. Mm-hmm. So instead of giving a push, they get a hug. yeah, And they learn that, that it's as rewarding as the push would have been.
1: And and what and do if, you think, if, 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 let's say, if we take that example to older children, if you have, you know, teenagers or young adults, and you think they're going in a direction that, you're, you're worried about how would you as a parent or as a grandmother, what, what advice would you give how to steer your child? Because, you know, <sighs> come 16, 17 or even a 20 yes. year old, you can't you can't say, oh, you're going to give him a hug. You know, yes,
0: yes, it's it is a challenge and you've got to be very wise and work out what ticks the child's boxes, which way mm-hmm. could you steer him? And important to have good peers.
1: Mm. So yeah. you're, you, you to pay attention to your kids' friends.
0: Yes, and if they know good, you could put a stop to it while there's still time. Yeah. Everything is preempting, I think, because prevention is better than cure. Yeah. <laughs> so if one can prevent a situation, then you're already eighty percent there. Okay.
1: Good. Good advice. I'll I will write this all down. <laughs> And tell me, as a if we talk, if we go back to food a little bit, what would you cook for your kids? Let's say once you move to Israel, they're kind of, you know, t- young teenagers, probably with big appetites, and you're you're not living in a big house in South Africa. You don't have help anymore. Yeah. You're going to the supermarket in Ranana. What are you cooking for them?
0: Well, I always saw that there was food in the house mm-hmm. and plenty of it. I'm still like that with mm-hmm. no children, but. And uh, And they would bring friends home because they said there's always food in mm. our house. <laughs> so I would cook um, perhaps a hamburger, chips, um, We often had chicken, roast chicken. There was always food yeah. for them. And as I say, they had friends, and everyone ate, and it was good.
1: So your your home was always the the one to come to if you're hungry after
0: school. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I enjoyed that. And um, yeah, so the food was never a problem really. I also always had a good soup. Mm-hmm. I love to cook soup, healthy soup, very easy.
1: What's what's the easiest uh, or the what's your favourite soup?
0: Well, I cook, they call it uh, Myrna's signature soup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I cook barley, lentils, uh, chickpeas, Yum. Uh, green dried peas. peas. yeah,
1: The split ones. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, if I happen to have a carrot or potato or onion, it'll get thrown in. Mm-hmm. And you get dried onion here, and you get it with vegetables as well, dried vegetables with the onion, and there's one that has a lot of turmeric in it, Mm -hmm. and I throw that in as well, and turmeric, and garlic powder, and nothing fresh, barley. It's all dry. All dry, and it cooks a long time, and it's delicious. Wow. You can put canoa in it. You can add almost anything. And it's a very thick, creamy, and I do believe a healthy soup.
1: Yeah, it sounds very healthy. You need to
0: add. And so you, you don't, don't blend you need to it. shop. You could. Then you'll have a cream. You could blend it half, mm. half and half. But we like it whole. And um, you need to put the chicken powder, or if you want it, the purr of chicken powder. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is always a healthy start to a meal. And once they've had that, you know they have eaten. So after that, it doesn't really matter.
1: That's a very clever approach. So (laughs) that's always there in the fridge. Then there's a main that comes after.
0: Yes, then there'll be whatever Chicken, chicken, fish. Yes.
1: And you still cook today?
0: I do. I do. It's very easy because two people.
1: Mm-hmm. So, what do you make?
0: So, you can make, if you want a cheap meal, it's the amnon fish.
1: Okay. The frozen or fresh? I
0: cook frozen. Mm-hmm. The fresh, you never know how long it's been there. That's true.
1: And it's also not so readily available. Like, not, not so all re- supermarkets have fresh fish. And...
0: Yeah, and frozen is uh, sometimes even better because they. Fish it out and freeze it immediately, so it doesn't have a chance to get mm-hmm. rancid. And uh, so, what do you do? So with you the take onion? that, you wash it nicely, salt and pepper, bit of lemon juice, tiny drop of oil in a pan, and you sear it on hot. Two minutes on the one side, two, over a little bit over two minutes on the other, you have your meal.
1: Wow! Throw
0: the mashed potato from the box <laughs> <laughs> the powdered In mash. the powdered mash, and uh, and peas from the freezer or mixed vegetables. Mm-hmm. Piece of broccoli across it, slice of lemon, and you have a beautiful looking wow. plate.
1: Yeah, and healthy and healthy, cheap. Healthy,
0: cheap, and they smell fresh. My husband Mm. always says it smells like it's just been caught.
1: Wow. Yes. Okay. So that's a nice cheap
0: one and so easy. So you
1: have to wash the fish first, you say, to get off the the freezer. Most
0: times it's still frozen. Mm -hmm. Then the fish isn't going to brown that quickly. Then it'll sort of boil a bit first because of the water. But So try and defrost if you can. Lovely meal.
1: Okay. (laughs) And uh, I think I'll try that one. Um, so it's not
0: that filling, so you need the soup first. <laughs> <laughs> and dessert. <laughs> and dessert, dessert. You'll take out uh, berries, frozen berries. Okay. Mostly uh, blackberries. Mhm. And you get in the little dishes a uh, pink uh, par of. It's like a pur of yogurt, strawberry yogurt or other. Yeah. Yeah.
1: In the dairy aisle of the supermarket,
0: it's the pur of okay Parav. Yeah, 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 or if you've had fish, you could put proper yogurt mm-hmm. throw the berries, a slice or two of fresh fruit on the side of it. it looks pretty, and what a dessert wow <laughs>
1: so i I think you you and your husband it sounds like you have you eat very well and you you, you enjoy meals together, yeah, we do, I think that's very important. A for young families to have like a set dinner, and also f- as a, you know, for couples also to always eat together.
0: Yes, we as a young family in our both our homes when I was growing up, and we everybody sat together. They mm-hmm. never saw in Israel's you come in and eat and go. Yeah, and whoever comes in whenever they eat and mm-hmm. go, we never knew about that. We sat, waited for everybody to arrive. When everybody was there, you could start to eat. I think, it, And you never left the table until everybody was finished.
1: We also grew up with, you know, dinners, family dinners around the table during the week, as well as on Shabbat. And then when we moved to Israel, I think what happens is the schedules the schedule, are so exactly. messy. You know, you, you have breakfast when you wake up. Then yes. at 10 o'clock you have, like, a, it's called Aruchat eto, yes. which is a sandwich or a little yes. meal. And then lunch, is it at school or at home? It's unclear. Is it at 12 or at 2? It's yes, unclear. Is it dairy or is it a big meal? Exactly. And then so by the time hot. dinner comes, everyone's had, you know, between four or six meals already. <laughs> and, you know, you've got to take your kids yes, to and parents' evening yes. and whatever. It's a
0: different life. But you have Friday night, thank yes, goodness, yes. That's and the Saturday.
1: Anchor. And uh, that is and tell me you mentioned before uh, not it wasn't wasn't recorded when you first came to Israel what was your impression when you first visited before uh...
0: <laughs> the very first time i visited we were supposed to be in a hotel but family met us and insisted we stayed with them mm-hmm. and uh, we were in a little flat with them mm-hmm. i'd never didn't know people who lived in flats mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, After one or two days, I said to my husband, please take me home. Get me out of this place. (laughs) I can't stand it. (laughs) They eat eggs for dinner.
1: (laughs) That's the classic Israeli dinner is a chavita.
0: Yes, and I love it now and Mm -hmm. it is the right thing to eat.
1: Yeah, at the end of the day to have something something
0: light. But you were used to something else. We were used to these three huge meals a day of meat. And... um, And it it seemed just a rough type of life. Mm -hmm. So back we went, but then after that we came back and forth and the values changed, our mindset changed, and one day coming back from here on a plane, my husband said, we should live in Israel. You know, we can get kosher food all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So we said, yes, okay. Okay. We went back, we literally gave our very good business away, mm-hmm. literally gave our home away and uh, and jumped on the plane. And started from, with, from the beginning. With loads and loads of stuff that landed up on the streets because there was nowhere for it. Mm-hmm. And um, yes, we started building a life again and luckily we were blessed.
1: I think that the the need to be um to adapt to new situations whether or not you move country whether or not you make a yeah it's new it's a skill and or or a muscle maybe but i think children need it adults need it and when we when we come to a place where we think we're oh i've arrived i'm safe i'm gonna park myself here yes i think we lose out on that ability to to adapt to new situations and find the good in new situations
0: That is so important, what you're saying, to find the good. And that is that attitude of gratitude Mm -hmm. that we need to find in everything. And um, to enjoy ourselves and present everything in a beautiful way, in an artistic way. When you said a skill, yeah develop a skill you need to develop a skill in everything you do there's a skill in loving there's a skill in obviously in bringing up children Mm -hmm. you've got to find that skill and then go with it
1: that's really beautiful I think so if we flip it around anytime there's a challenge right if you have two young kids at home and you feel challenged or if you know you know you move country and you're you're all of a sudden living in a tiny flat or whatever and you feel challenged the skill comes only through dealing with that challenge yes you can't read it in a book and say oh I'll apply what I read here you have to experience the challenge yes. in order to to build the
0: muscle you used uh, that's what I was going to say you use the word muscle and that is right you have to act and in order to do that you need the muscle and in order to provide the skill, you need the mind. Mm-hmm. That's mind and muscle, and a lot of koach, a <laughs> lot of strength. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, so I think I, I mean I think we've covered all of our topics for today. Yes. Yes. Um, and pr- I think if is there a message you wanna you wanna end off on? Well.
0: I think that you are actually much better than me, <laughs> and you should be sitting where I am because you speak beautifully and you Thank put it you. across very well. And I enjoyed this. I enjoyed it too. <laughs> and um, so maybe what? the
1: message is that it's that we take the, any challenge and we have in our mind the koach and in and our,
0: use the muscle, and the and action use the muscles,
1: uh, to. To see the beauty, to gain the skill and see the beauty. To gain the
0: skill and see the beauty, yes. That's a nice ending. I wanted to say one more thing about the positive thinking. When my children used to go in the morning to school and I saw them off, I said to them, say now, I will have a good day Mm. today. And you feed their mind continuously with good and positive thoughts if they had a test, I will know the work. I won't forget anything. I will get everything right. And so you program your mind.
1: So it's creating the, the positive experience yes. f- so that it will happen.
0: Yes, definitely. And the things that you think about do happen. Thoughts are things. hmm
1: Yes. Wow, that's a beautiful end. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Thank you for sharing and your recipes and your experiences. <laughs> it's been a joy.
0: And everybody else for listening. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Chag Sameach. Chag Sameach. All our shows and podcasts available online on our website and on all podcast platforms. Search Audioversity.